There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Essential Voices. Welcome back, MR. Howdy, Wilmer. I'm excited for today's show. So today we're going to hear from our essential worker, Denise Frederick. Denise is a domestic worker whose responsibilities include being both a nanny and a home attendant and whose work didn't stop at all as the world began to shut down around her due to COVID. Denise shares with us what her day-to-day life is like, along with the unique struggles faced by domestic workers, especially those who are also undocumented immigrants. And then to keep the conversation going, we'll have a roundtable discussion with Christina Mevs Apgar, who's the Culture Change Director at the National Domestic Workers Alliance, or the NDWA for short. Not only does Christina speak to us about the changes that the NDWA is lobbying for across the country, she also speaks to the power of stories and the influence of popular culture on how the public perceives our often overlooked domestic workers. It's going to be a great conversation. Denise's story starts right now. My name is Denise Frederick. I am a worker leader, also a professional nanny and a home attendant. Beautiful, Denise. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I've been a fan of what you do. I've seen the direct impact of your work. How did you get into it? How did this become a passion of yours? So where I come from, I used to be a legal secretary. And then when I moved to the U.S., you know, as an undocumented immigrant, you really and truly don't have a wide variety of choices where you work. I wanted to have gotten back and do the same work that I was doing, but then I would have to have a degree to do that. I would also have to have contact with somebody and experience. So it left me where I, the only thing I was able to have done was domestic work. And here I am doing it. And, you know, I am very much into it. I mean, there are lots of ups and downs, but, you know, it's a job that is important. It's like, to me, domestic work is essential work. Is there something that happened that made you go, wow, I really love this? I have my love for kids because I only have, I'm a single parent with one child. So I have this love for kids. So I'm going to go into the job wholeheartedly. My main concern is making sure that the child is safe and happy. So when I go and I perform my job and the kids are happy, 
parents are satisfied, it gives me such a great feeling that of accomplishment that I have mm-hmm. done what I was supposed to do for the day. As I think about the responsibility you have and the workload that you have to embark in, you know, then all of a sudden you introduce a pandemic, right? And then all of a sudden the world is just different. What was those conversations like? Where were those thoughts and how did it all change? Since the pandemic, parents have been working from home. And when you're working from home, you have those little kids running around, mommy, 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 daddy, 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 daddy. It's very distracting and you're not able to perform. So we domestic workers, we nannies, we come in, we take those kids, some of them, we have them out for the entire day because having them in the house, it's a little noisy and, you know, we allow parents to work. We would have forgotten workers of the economy. And then... Even in New York City, $15 is the minimum wage right now. But can you really live for $15 in New York City? No. And the amount of work that you do within your shift, it's crazy. And there are some workers who work 10 hours a day, 50 hours a week. Wow. And these employers, they're aware that the work week is 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are aware of that. But do they uphold that and allow workers to work 40 hours a week and pay them overtime? Most of them don't. So that's where the exploitation of domestic workers starts to happen. And it's been going on for years. You see some ads telling you they want you to do housekeeping, walk the dog, do the laundry, take care of the kids and give the kids 100% of your attention. We're not robots. That's not going to happen. You know, a housekeeper is a housekeeper. A cleaner is a cleaner. And a nanny is a nanny. Or a home attendant is a home attendant. But it, or they all fall under the umbrella of domestic workers because you go into somebody's house to work. Then they tell you, okay, well, you're essential. <laughs> Which, I, I mean, I think you and I are both on the same page when it comes to the word essential, you know, because... You're not allowed to go home. You're not allowed to, you know, really take care of yourself. Or at oftentimes, the families are now not comfortable having you come into the house after so many years, right? I mean, and that's a really interesting thing to talk about because one thing is like, well, either you live here and you quarantine with us and keep your job or like we just can't have you coming in and out, right? So was that a conversation? Was that happening during the stay-at-home orders and quarantines? My afternoon job, as soon as there was a shelter in place, they went up to Boston. When they moved back to the city in September is when I started back working. So, you know, it was easy for me to commute to and from work, working with them. Unlike other domestic workers, some of them I know who had to walk to work, find their own mode of transportation, because, I mean, being undocumented, some of them don't even have a driver's license. And, you know, a lot of them work throughout the pandemic as well. A lot of domestic workers died from contracting COVID. Other workers weren't as fortunate as me. There were workers who were working in families for 13 years and their families just picked up and left. And, you know, some of those workers, they were not included in the stimulus package because they were undocumented and they were not able to Mm. get any funds. Mm. So there were workers who are way behind in their rent. And, you know, it showed a lot of, I guess, shortcomings of the profession you know if a worker gets covid what is the sick leave what do you get 
and what insurance do you have? And like, it's such a eye-opening to hear all these stories because um, the undocumented and just immigrant workers in general take these jobs that most people often think that they're done magically, that they just happened. Like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Because we really and truly, we we work independently. We have nobody to go to to air our complaints. We have no HR. So we go there and some of these workers suffer such cruelty and inhumane things have been done to them that if you, when you hear those horror stories, you're just like, God, this is not happening to people. But it happens. So as a community, what we would like for every like people out there to do is call your representatives. Tell them to support Biden's infrastructure plan. It's our best opportunity to take nationwide action right now. In the meantime, employers can provide their employees with paid time off, paid sick leave, and a decent living wage. Domestic workers has one bill of rights in 10 states, and it's time for domestic workers to have protection in all 50 states. I love that. And I'm excited to carry this conversation and bringing it to as many people as possible to continue to broadcast that signal. You know, how do we support that bill and how do we continue to have this conversation so it kind of evolves and becomes a lot more comprehensive? I feel like uh, the families who have experienced the profession, your expertise, your wisdom, your love can really appreciate how to get behind this. And I really think there's got to be a place where you can go to feel not just heard, but to have some type of authority that can really create a, a safer environment that has boundaries. I wonder, you know, is there other things, is there anything else that you would want people to know that they maybe didn't understand that you had to endure? You know, how do you even cope with some of the stories that you mentioned? You know, I mean, is there anything that you would want people to know more of um, and anything to be more aware of? You know, domestic work has been going on for ages. What I would like to leave with people out there is the time is now for us to fight for our rights as domestic workers. I want them to know that care jobs should be good jobs. Jobs that are well paid with benefits, training. We need to have the ability to join a union just as a carpenter could do. You know, provide process for qualified current and future care workers who are undocumented, even for us to gain a pathway to citizenship mm-hmm. or even residency. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because we are really the backbone. You know, we are the ones making things happen. Denise, thank you for talking to me today and giving me your time. And, you know, the long lasting effect of what you do ripples that go decades of our lives beyond the engagement. And it's something that we we learn from and it's made us better people. And so I appreciate you and all my love to you. And and thank you. Continue the work and the advocacy. Thank you for appreciating us. Thank you. Denise's story highlights so much work that gets taken for granted. There are so few protections in place for domestic workers to have fair labor practices, especially as Denise underscores for undocumented domestic workers. As Denise said, there's no HR department and we need to figure out the best way to support the folks since the rest of us literally cannot do our jobs without them. On that note, when we come back, we'll talk to Christina Megs Apgard about getting that conversation going. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. 
Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Christina, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. It's exciting to dive deeper into the previous conversation and really understand from a holistic perspective what other places we can go, how much more involved we can be. And in starting with that, I know, Mr. you wanted to uh, start a discussion and uh, dive right in. We're here today speaking with Christina from the National Domestic Workers Alliance. Christina, welcome. So for folks who aren't familiar with the NDWA, could you describe what the NDWA does and what your role is with the organization? So my name is Christina Mevz-Apgar, and I am the Culture Change Director at the National Domestic Workers Alliance. We represent house cleaners, nannies, and home care workers. Um, There's about 2.5 million in the U.S. They are overwhelmingly women, largely women of color, many undocumented, largely immigrant workforce as well. And because of this, there are many intersecting identities there that contain a lot of core vulnerabilities. So we really advocate for gender justice, racial justice, labor justice, immigrant rights. We really are on the front lines of representing the whole identities of our workforce. So as the culture change director, what I'm responsible for is I work right at the intersection of pop culture and our movement. So as I'm sure um, you can appreciate, um, we believe that culture matters, art matters, stories matter, 
storytelling really matters. And for us to win dignity, respect, power for our workers, it's not enough to just win policy. Policy is important, you know, but policy is not going to take hold if it's not a cultural norm that the masses think and feel and behave that way. So that's my core responsibility is to use art and storytelling and partnerships and innovative ways to tell story and work alongside the incredible work that our domestic worker leaders are doing, organizing. Wow, that's incredible to hear. Storytelling's definitely at the core of why we're here today, reflecting on Denise's story and what she shared. So can you describe how you're using storytelling in the arts to promote that cultural shift that you're speaking of? Yeah. So for us, we look at some key narratives that we believe need to shift. And I'll speak about this a little bit more later, but the pandemic, while devastating for our industry, actually really brought to the surface a lot of the core narratives that the public needed to realize, including that this work is essential. So what we do is we have a podcast called Sunstorm, hosted by Ijen Poo and Alicia Garza, where we talk to great female women of color leaders about the issues of our time. We center the work of our workforce of care. We work in entertainment. We make sure that stories of domestic workers on film and TV are accurate and timely and nuanced. We create a lot of content. We anchor the Families Belong Together um, campaign. And we created a coloring book called Coloring Without Borders because, you know, time to engage kids, talk about borders and what separates us and talk to parents and families. And so those are some examples of the sort of work we do. We work a lot partnering with artists and storytellers. We create murals, art installations. We even, you know, go to TikTok. We're trying to be hip. We did our first TikTok fun thing the other day. Um, You know, we try to follow the culture, build relationships, um, and tell stories. I'm familiar with some of the initiatives that you've done, specifically with the families and the coloring book and all of that. Um, I remember when I first got that book, I I said to myself, wow, I've never seen a, a children's book so effortlessly infuse something so real. I also wonder when you talk about the undocumented domestic workers, how do you even reach out for them to know that you exist? I mean, how do you even find it? How do they find you? Right. I mean, I know this is kind of like an out of order question, but I mean, it kind of really triggered something in me because you have a statistic number of how many are they out there and specifically within your network, but how many of them are there that don't really exist in any of the books or in the community? Yeah. So I started at NDWA a little over four years ago, and I remember when I started hearing kind of really what is the core of what we do, and the core is organizing. And when NDWA founded, they said that this industry was unorganizable, like you couldn't organize it. These are women who work in our homes. There's no, like Denise said, HR department. There's no like meeting at the water cooler to share your stories. There's multiple employers. It's not one employer with tons of employees. 
But you know, every group of people can be organized. You just need amazing organizers. And domestic workers are the best organizers they are for domestic workers. So our movement is led by, centered, run by, powered by domestic workers themselves. So Denise is one of our worker leaders in New York. We have an incredible New York chapter leader, Allison, who's been involved from the beginning, former domestic worker who, you know, our first state bill of rights happened in New York, New York State. And so she was one of the first powerful leaders our organization had. So she'd be in parks. Our organizers were in parks talking to other nannies, really doing the deep organizing and getting to know people. And when you build leaders who are from the community, that's how you continue to build power and build community. And we really consider ourselves a home for domestic workers. These workers work in our homes, but we are also a home. So it's not easy, but it can be done. And we work really hard and, you know, it can be done. We'll be right back after this break. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Essential Voices. Yeah, what you're describing about domestic workers speaking with other domestic workers in parks, that's truly how organizing starts from the ground up, being for and from the community that's being organized. And then to address what you were talking about, Wilmer, I think you were curious about and alluding to the elephant in the room, 
undocumented domestic workers. And this ties back into when Denise shared with us just how many undocumented domestic workers there are and how there's virtually no support in place for these undocumented domestic workers. So Christina, can you raise awareness about the efforts that the NDWA has in place for undocumented domestic workers? Yeah. I mean, when you hear Denise's story and then you think about the pandemic, you really see how vulnerable domestic workers are when the bottom falls out. And in particular, if they are undocumented. And we say that this industry is like the wild, wild west because each workplace, which it is a workplace, every home is a workplace, because there is no standards, no rights, you know, no regulation. It's up to the individual employer. You are at the whim of your employer. There, If something happens, you cannot go to HR. Wage theft happens all the time. So inherently, there's a lack of structure to handle conflicts. There is no formal process. And this workforce does not have benefits, does not have paid time off. There are not mandates for that. You know, before our first New York Bill of Rights, this workforce was largely left out of all of our traditional labor laws that we all take for granted. You know, she mentioned in the interview, 40-hour work week. Well, domestic workers were excluded from those, you know, laws. They've been historically excluded due to racism and the legacy of uh, slavery and compromises with Southern legislators. So to solve for this, we did state-based Bill of Rights. And so we were creating that floor of rights, standards, paid time off. Uh, Many of the things that, you know, a lot of us take for granted. And we've had a lot of success with that. Uh, 10 states now. We also have cities who have passed Bill of Rights. We have Seattle, Philadelphia, Um, Just this week, New Jersey (laughs) introduced a Bill of Rights, which is really exciting. That's my home state. And we introduced two years ago our federal domestic worker Bill of Rights. So it's time. It's past time to have these rights, this baseline to ensure the protections of this workforce. And so, you know, it is time. And that's how you can make sure that domestic workers, including vulnerable workers like Denise, who quite frequently because they are undocumented, there's even more vulnerability because their employers know that they are in this precarious situation. There's nowhere for them to go. So that is what we can do now. Can you provide specifics for folks who may not know what exactly the Bill of Rights is hoping to accomplish for domestic workers and what the bill entails? A livable wage is definitely the most important. These jobs are often underpaid and undervalued, which is something that is still hard to wrap your head around when you think about that these jobs take care of some of the most precious things in our lives, which is our loved ones and our homes. There's not much more that we value than that. Um, it's livable wage, um, benefits, paid time off, sick days, 40-hour work week, ensuring overtime, and training. And then also, we've done a lot of innovation with our Bill of Rights as we've gone on, and we've created... Um, boards where employers and domestic workers come together to figure out what is reasonable, what is fair, what is, you know, what is working, what is not, and really have that ongoing conversation about how the industry can thrive and how our workforce can thrive. So those are just some of the key provisions. And we're really excited that we're going to be reintroducing the Federal Domestic Worker Bill of Rights next month in July. 
And the follow-up to our beautiful essential worker, Chad, what is the path to solution? You know, how can we really get involved? You know, and I think that it's important for people to know that enough signatures and enough phone calls create a ripple effect that they cannot deny. So you think about, oh, I'm going to call my, okay, I'm one phone call or I'm one vote, which was the multi-hundred-year-old dilemma. What is one vote going to do, you know? But we've seen the effect of what one or a thousand votes could do. So I just really think about really understanding and how to provide some of our listeners in this conversation with, look, this really does work, you know, and and uh, we all work together to change something it will. So, Amar. Before we jump into some solutions, it would be great if you can share a specific anecdote or a story, circling back kind of to how you shared that the NDWA is channeling the power of storytelling to promote that cultural shift for supporting domestic workers that we were talking about earlier. And so to that end, can you share a story that you've experienced firsthand when storytelling has been really impactful for making community-based change related to your work? So... Within the first couple of months of me working at the National Domestic Workers Alliance, we organized a kids' caravan of children who traveled by bus from Florida to the White House to tell the Trump administration to value, you know, and to stop attacking immigrants and to provide a pathway. And it was this group of children who were 12 years old and They came from what we call mixed status families. So some of the children, you know, had been born in the U.S. They'd have a parent that was undocumented, one that was potentially had a green card. You know, it it was each family had a different um, personal situation. And there was this one girl, Leah, who was so powerful and her mother was a dreamer. And I just couldn't believe the courage of this young woman she later went on to, when families belonged together, held a huge rally in D.C. She gave a speech that had all of us weeping. And it was so powerful seeing this young girl speak for her family. And I remember thinking to myself, what was I doing when I was 12? And I didn't have to protect my mother. And this girl should be in middle school And her worst concern should be, you know, a subject she doesn't like in school. And instead, she just took a bus over like 48 hours to D.C. And she is speaking in front of a crowd on a megaphone in a way that I, as, you know, a 30-something-year-old woman, would be intimidated by. And that really struck me, and that has continued to stick with me. And whenever, you know, she's still a leader, she's getting older, it's been four years, And whenever I see her name or see her face, it humbles me and it inspires me. Her mother is a domestic worker. So again, you see these intersecting identities and you really see people not just for their titles, domestic worker, essential worker, undocumented, you know, dreamer. No, they're whole humans. And, you know, we get to decide um, the culture we create and who, who we value and how we value. And I think it's stories like that that actually really show the value of the woman, you know, not just the value of the work that she provides to the community. But these women are strong, powerful women of color who are core members of their community. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that really leads nicely into talking about community-based solutions because we've heard about bills and we've heard about infrastructure, but what can you suggest that listeners do in their spare time to spread the word about supporting domestic workers? So I would say that, yes, your phone calls to your elected officials work. You might think, oh, I'm just a drop in the bucket, but it works because you are telling your elected official as a constituent, what matters to you and what should be at the top of their list and what issues, you know, when you say, I care about care infrastructure and the care economy and pass this bill, pass this infrastructure bill, this matters to me. This is at the top of my agenda. You know, I know sometimes the scripts can be confusing for people. Just call, say you're a constituent, you know, and say, this issue matters to me and and you work for me. And add your voice to the tally, because it is when the tally ratchets up and we have a sea of people all saying that something matters to them, people do listen. You know, if you say immigration matters, I want to support my immigrant members of my community. They are core pieces of of our community. And this is important to me. So those phone calls work. Those petitions work. That flurry of activity works people notice. Our elected officials are accountable. So that definitely works. And I'd also say that there's a role for everyone. So if we have a mobilization and we're like, everyone get on the streets, if that's not for you, that's okay. There's a role for you. You can make a call or you can talk to your friend or, you know, when you see online us talking about the importance of, like I said, New Jersey introducing a state bill of rights share it with on Facebook. Maybe some of your neighbors employ domestic workers. Maybe they'll message you and go, oh, what is this? Can my domestic worker join this, this organization? Where's the link for that? Oh, should I think of good practices? I have a house cleaner. What are good practices? What should I be providing? So it starts a conversation and, and there is something for everyone as we talk about how these phone calls really do work, it's exciting to remind us all why they do work. Like, what is the science behind a phone call? Is that the more phone calls that go in, the more this subject becomes a major signal that's coming out of that sector. And that official has to now answer to that because that is exactly what he's hired to do, to listen to the people's interests. We oftentimes are very confused on like, why one phone call? But it's not just one phone call. You know, just like you, you represent 10 people that might have made that phone call. And then there's another phone call and another phone call. Now you're talking about 30 people that actually are represented in those three phone calls. So it really kind of multiplies and you have a major responsibility to to make those phone calls. And, And that's exciting that you drove that, Christina. I was really grateful for that. And Mark? Christina, is there anything else that you want to share with us, whether it's an anecdote or an action or anything that we didn't cover that you want to make sure that folks are aware of? Yeah, I think I'll just really say again that there is a role for everyone in our movement. You don't have to be an employer. You don't have to be, you know, someone who is ready to march. You don't have to be. There's a role for everyone. Go to domesticworkers.org join the movement, and there's a place for you. There is power in numbers. There's a power with all of us, and we are all connected. And care is really at the center of our lives. And I think 
something that the pandemic really showed to us all is that we all have stories relating to care, whether it's a loved one or our community, all the mutual aid groups that popped up, you know, care is really at the center. So the women that do this work, domestic workers, you know, we need to show that we value them by actually, you know, paying them a livable wage and providing benefits and, and training and a pathway to documentation. And that's all possible. We get to decide. We get to decide. I'm so happy that we can uplift Denise's story today and help shine a light on how to change the narrative around domestic workers. Christina makes such a good point about how culture needs to change along with policy. Yeah, I agree that culture needs to change along with policy, but also policy needs to change. And while the infrastructure bill that Denise mentioned has changed since we recorded with her, there are plenty of other bills that are being drafted as we speak in order to protect women and other domestic workers like Denise. So we encourage everyone to learn more about what's going on in their local communities and also to check out the work that the National Domestic Workers Alliance is doing. Join us next time to hear us talk to our next essential worker, Trini, a legal aid attorney, followed up by a roundtable discussion with guest council member Nidia Raman of the Los Angeles City Council and Ivan Mari Jimenez, the CEO of Neighborhood Legal Services of Los Angeles County. Thank you for joining us. Essential Voices with Wilmer Valderrama is produced by me, M.R. Raquel, Allison Shano, and Kevin Rutkowski, with production support from associate producer Lillian Holman, executive producers Wilmer Valderrama, Adam Reynolds, Leo Clem, and Aaron Hilliard. This episode was edited by Sean Tracy and Luigi Villanueva and features original music by Will Rosati. Special thanks to this week's Essential Voice, Denise Frederick. To Zamina Mejia for connecting us, and to our thought leader, Christina Mevs Apgar from the National Domestic Workers Alliance. Additional thanks to Melanie Murray, Sylvie Snow Thomas, and Sadidra Harris. This is a Clamor and WV Entertainment production in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most... State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.